For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. And it's perfect, perfect, perfect. Yo, what's the deal? My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. The longest running Panthers podcast out there every Tuesday night. 9 p.m. We chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. Tonight's show, Dan Morgan hired as assistant GM, and we're scouting the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons. We've got uh, uh, we've, we're going to have some special guests here tonight. Aaron Freeman from at Falcon Fans. He's been a longtime friend of the show. He will be helping us discuss the. Uh, actually, this is the point. Is like, look, we we had this build up, build up to the draft. We all had the speculation, speculation. Now we actually get to go and talk with people from their teams and the people they got. No more speculation, folks. We get to talk about the players they got, and we're going to start with the division. We're going to go this this week we'll do the Falcons. Next week we'll do Bucks or Saints, and then we'll start moving into those extra divisional opponents going forward. Don't forget – to subscribe to the show, be a part of the show by calling in at 252-228-5098. And I'm going to welcome in my man, my co-host, Cody Lashney. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Tony Dunn, what's up, brother? Uh, listen, man. It's, another, it's another Tuesday night. Uh, you know, loving to be here. Uh, there's nowhere I'd rather want to be on a Tuesday night than talking some Panthers. With Tony Dunn and, and CK and our fantastic guest that we've got tonight. But Tony, per usual, you know who makes the show. All these loyal fans that we always have having a tremendous discussion in our chat room. I'm talking about Craig Cartner, Blake Bettis, Tim Tizzy, Lynn, Leon Hart. What's up, Lynn? Swiss 94, Zach Altman, Lee Trotter, Blake Bettis, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Before we get into the show, I want to remind you that this is powered by Avolta, um, and there's a gas shortage right now, folks. A straight gas shortage. People are like going into the lines. There, there's a panic. It's like Dude, a toilet you paper should, panic. You should see Uptown Charlotte, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Like really weird. It's genuinely weird. And there's no hurricanes. There's no natural disasters. No. 
Mugs just got, they got a map. And you know, I heard that it was ransomware. That's what I heard. It was like ransomware. Yeah. Did, I want to know this, is did that pipeline company just straight pay up? That's what I'm saying. But you don't got to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. If you go to, if you check out our friend, Kevin Brown, solar consultant, and you can call him at 704-215-3373. You can cut the cord with your utility provider when it comes to energy, right? Like you don't want to, like, you don't get to worry about the rates jumping, this and that, that the runs on the gas lines, this. Look, you can, act, if you are a homeowner in North or South Carolina and you want to fix rate, no money down, add uh, value to your home, and as well as you can uh, take advantage of a lot of tax cuts that are going for solar energy, call Kevin Brown, solar consultant at Avolta, 704-215-3373. Own your own energy. We heard uh, the president and our former president before that. For the last 10 years, we've heard about energy independence. Why don't you get your own energy independence and cut the damn cord, yo? Like, I'm a cord cutter when it comes to, uh, like, the inter- like the TV and shit like that. I ain't going to lie. Netflix now hit me with $20. $20 a month for Netflix. I pay $73 for Hulu. I'm starting to go about, like, God, good God. Well, yeah, but that's cut your- I know. Cut the cord. Add value to your house with uh, a Volta Energy. Anyway. Um, Real quick, before we go forward, I uh, just want to say thank you to Nick Montanero for the $5. Yeah. It says I completely support getting a wide receiver at 59 given how it messes with the Saints. Yeah, that's something else we need to talk about, uh, us uh, moving ahead of New Orleans and pissing them off. Uh, gotta love petty moves against division teams. And then uh, shout out to Grim Reaper for the $10 donation. Appreciate you, bro. Oh, my gosh. Thank you very much, folks. Is that We appreciate all your support. All you got to do is this, is that we first, if you, if you want to give money, that's cool. Money is always the thing that people accept. But what we really like more than anything is a like, a share, and a subscribe. And a rating. It's, it's free. Just hit the thumbs up. Tell somebody about this show. It's been going on every Tuesday night. For nine years, folks, hasn't missed a beat. And you know, you hear, and now these cats are getting in these daily podcasts. My friend Scott Mason has done the daily podcast. He hasn't missed a day in three years. That's fucking critical, incredible. But take us, just join us, man. We're in the car trying to go to the Panthers game together, talking shit. We're not journalists, we're fans talking about latest news. All right, guys, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Hey, oh, oh, CK's here. What's up, CK? How's it going? Man, how's the streaming going? Oh, uh, you know, just uh, just grinding it out, man. Just grinding it out. Just plugging, just headshot, headshot after everything? Yeah, exactly. I got you. <laughs> I got you. All right, all right. So, guys, uh, last week we came back and we were talking about, oh, look, last week was the recap after the draft, right? Is that we, you know, the Panthers picked J.C. Horn. There's a lot of questions about Justin Fields and this and that going forward. But now we're a week removed from the draft and we're starting to look around the league a little bit. And that's why we're going to bring in our guest tonight, Aaron Freeman. Welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. Aaron, thank you so much for coming and giving us your time tonight. I appreciate you guys having me on. I, I always feel welcome here. 
even though, uh, you know, cross. We hate each other. Yeah, you know. So <laughs> you guys we treat hate me well. You more than us hate you. Oh, <laughs> do you think? All right, this is one thing that's kind of weird. Is I, I I get so irritated with Falcon fans because they act like uh, so we're real. You guys are our rivals. To me, you're the most hated team. Okay. Like you're the most. I like hey, and a lot of fan, Panther fans say it's the Saints. That's what they say. It's the Saints. They say no. For me, it's because I got a real reason. It's Mike Vick. Mike Vick has fucked my life up for a long time. <laughs> he did it in college. I'm an ECU graduate. You know what I'm saying? Like I and I, I actually was a bigger fan of Mike Vick after the dog shit than before the dog shit. You know what I'm saying? Like I hated him when he was a Falcon. Are you? Do you believe uh, when we say that you're? When I say you're our greatest rivals, are you one of those like big brother mugs that says it's really the Saints? I mean, look for the Falcon fans, it's it's the Saints. It's the Saints. You know, here's here's the problem. Here's the problem. Panther fans do that too because no Falcon. I feel like I've never heard a Falcon fan. Say that we are the the biggest. Oh my god! I we don't we don't have the history that we have with the Saints, like like with the Panthers. We just don't like we we the Falcons started in '66. The Saints started in '67. We were both at the bottom of the NFC West for three decades, right? Competing with the 49ers and the Rams, who were just kicking our butts every year, and we were just battling it out for third place every single year in, in the NFC West. Mm. And so then the Panthers roll around roll around in night in 1995, and it's like you know we don't get into Y'all joined the NFC West for like a couple of years and went NFC South. So it, it's one of those things where it's like we just don't have the history. Now, eventually, I think maybe maybe we might get there with, with Carolina. But right now, it's just it's too much history. With God, I hate them more than anybody. <laughs> I hate the Falcons more than anybody. And that's kind of like a little salt in the wound. It's like the, You're the pissed baby. Them, though. It's like the baby kid that you didn't want to like. It was like, oh, we took it easy on you. Because you're the baby. All right. So the Carolina Panthers uh, selected eighth in the draft. As uh, Aaron, when I said that the NFL, this NFL draft, I had said it for weeks coming on, I thought was going to be the most exciting NFL draft that we had seen in the history of football, like in our era, like in a long time, because you had all the quarterbacks, like everybody knew the names that were going top 10. My mom could have picked some picks in the top 10 and it was there was some excitement we were all looking to the san francisco pick trying to figure out how that would dictate the draft strangely after maybe our pick it became vanilla as a motherfucker like it was not exciting after our pick but the atlanta falcons were able to draft kyle pitts were you guys ever going to trade down that pick that's my first question to you (sighs) I think they wanted to. No, I think they wanted to. I just think once the 49ers made that trade, like the asking price became too high. And so they couldn't get a bar, like they couldn't give a a, a bargain to somebody else. So, you know, like they had to get two first round picks and no one was going to give up two first round picks. So I just think it was one of those things where, like, I think the Falcons wanted to trade out. I think the Falcons would have loved if someone had come to them you know, willing to give up two future first round picks, maybe a couple of other day two picks or whatever this year, next year, whenever. And they would have happily made that trade. But since 
that was never going to materialize because basically the only team that was going to be willing to give that up was the 49ers. And then the only other team that was really likely to trade up for a quarterback, at least that high, was y'all's team. And or Denver, we knew that maybe Denver. I don't think Denver ever really was out of the Drew Lock, you know, bent off the Drew Lock really? bandwagon. I, like I think Drew Lock. Uh, I, I'm not a huge Drew Lock guy, but I like I think most of the world's perception of Drew Lock is way lower than what Denver's perception of it. Like, because if you look at the last month of the season, he actually was playing pretty well. Oh, he and, fucked us up, bro. He fucked the Panthers up. <laughs> so, like, I, you know, I felt like. The trade was probably never going – once the 49er trade happened with the Dolphins, at that point in time, I, I gave up on the dream of the Falcons trading back. How do you feel about being the team that picked the highest tight end in the history of the world? Uh, I like having, you know, that little uh, little footnote on, on the pick, right? Okay. It's, it's, All right you it's like little, that? Right. Yeah. It's, you know, I think Kyle Pitts is a special player. Um, I thought the Falcons were going to take Justin Fields there, but they took Kyle Pitts. And, you know, as far as like settling for second best, I guess, like that's a pretty good settlement. Second you have best? A- really? I think I'm, so. I'm, no, like, first of all, I'm with you. I thought that the Falcons were going to take Justin. I thought that was the right move. I thought that you were going to try to trade Matt Ryan next year. You know, you play a year. And then in that last year, you try to pull off a ultimately like a you're trying to find a team that's trying to win now and you give them Matt Ryan but you guys didn't do that and Cody you've said this is that the Falcons were kind of in a tough position where they could have drafted a quarterback but everybody knew they couldn't right like they were pinned up and that's why I was wanting to wanting to ask you Aaron because it seemed like really even though um I've seen some interviews I actually like the Falcons' general manager. I don't know his name off the top of my head. Um, but uh, I was listening to an interview that he did, and he was talking about you know why they would be interested in drafting a quarterback so early. Can you touch, uh, before we move forward a little bit more, specifically why you felt that it would have been a good idea for them to draft Justin Fields? Because most of what I was hearing was, well, the Matt Ryan contract was so bad that there was basically no way that they were going to move on from him or even trade him. That wouldn't even be a possibility for them. And uh, I believe your new head coach was looking forward to work with Matt Ryan, or at least that's what I heard. So could you clarify that as best you can? Yeah. The, the GM is Terry Fontado. Terry and Fontenot. I think, yeah, it was, it was an interesting predicament the Falcons found themselves in because if they drafted a quarterback, they would have been on the hook at some point for like $40 million potentially in dead money if they traded Matt Ryan next year, which wasn't an impossible move to make, but it was obviously you were going to have to structure your entire offseason next year around trying to figure out a way to absorb that type of dead money. We just saw the Eagles do it with $33 million, I think, with Carson Wentz or whatever the case may be, and they basically did nothing else this offseason, but again, part of that's owed to the depressed salary cap from COVID and whatnot. So I think it was going to be an obstacle for the Falcons. I don't think it would have been an insurmountable obstacle, but I think the reasons, at least the reasons in my eyes, why it made sense for the Falcons to draft a quarterback is you have a first-year head coach. You have a first-year general manager, right? And when we talk about quarterback 
development and stability you want to have a situation we just talked about drew lock like a big reason why the broncos are giving drew lock another shot is because this is the first time he's going to have the same offensive coordinator two years in a row right and we know that's a big part of quarterback success and stability is having that so you can sit there and learn one offense and that was a big reason why matt ryan was successful that's a big reason why cam newton was successful right? Where it's like you learn one offense and you're not constantly changing offensive coordinators. That was a big reason why Sam Bradford was unsuccessful. So we can go through history and find all these examples of quarterbacks that had success. So I think the Falcons represented a, I wouldn't say a perfect situation, but probably the most ideal situation for a young quarterback to come in. He wouldn't be thrown to the wolves. He would certainly have talent he would around have time. He would t- have time to sit you're there at four. I know. I mean, it was a big deal. I think it's a huge. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt on that very point, but you like we get so fixated on what they cost now, right? Matt Ryan yeah. cost now, but that we don't want this guy. We're not trying to get him to play now. Like you could have sat uh, Justin Fields for a year easily. And uh, and then shed the Julio contract shed, you know what I'm saying? And like all of a sudden you're in a different position. Matt Ryan's going to be old and expensive very quick. Yeah, I mean, that's the situation in in a nutshell. It's just one of those things where I think the Falcons were in this unique situation, you know, depending on how you think about this draft class with those four quarterbacks or five quarterbacks sitting at four, having this expensive contract with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. And basically they operated this entire offseason as if like, oh, we're in salary cap nightmare with this idea. And this was part of the reason why I went into the draft thinking they were going to take a quarterback is because they basically did nothing in free agency and acted like they had like five dollars to spend in free agency. And we're just signing a whole bunch of guys to cheap one year deals because it, it led me to under the impression that they knew they had to get out of these contracts sooner rather than later. And the big contract that you're worried about less so than Julio Jones is Matt Ryan's contract. And so you had a unique situation here at four to be able to take a really good player. And and Justin Fields was a player that I thought was the second best quarterback in this draft class. So that was part of it, which made total sense to me. Obviously, a lot of teams did not agree with that assessment, obviously because of all the teams that passed on him in the top 10, but Mm. You know, it's just one of those things where I they didn't felt like- agree with that assessment for um, Deshaun Watson. They didn't de- agree with that assessment for Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of court. So don't feel bad. Yeah, no, I, I, I've said that before. I feel like five years from, you know, I know we can't really talk about Deshaun Watson, given some of the stuff that's going on this offseason. Right. But like, I think until like three months ago, <laughs> let's just say everybody look back at that 2017 draft and be like, how did all these teams pass on Deshaun Watson? Right. And and one of the things I talked about on Lockdown Falcons this offseason, I had people from the Chargers on Lockdown Chargers come on the podcast and talk about that 2017 draft where the Chargers had a 36 year old Philip Rivers, same age as Matt Ryan is going to be later this month, a first year head coach in Anthony Lynn. And just so it's like the Falcons have a first year head coach in Arthur Smith. They didn't have a first year uh, GM, but I think it was maybe a second or third year at that point in time. Um, and they went. At number seven overall, they went with a pass catcher. They went with Mike Williams. Now, granted, I think Kyle Pitts is light years better than a prospect than Mike Williams was coming out of Clemson. But, you know, they passed on Patrick Mahomes. They passed on Deshaun Watson. And now they're looking at Patrick Mahomes being this guy, this unstoppable juggernaut in their division, probably for the next, what, 10, 12, 15 years, potentially. 
and they could have stopped that by taking the quarterback. So one of the big things I was worried about and nervous about was, okay, if the Falcons pass on Justin Fields, does that mean he winds up in Carolina? Obviously, that and, didn't oh, yeah. but don't worry. Don't that, worry. We have had that well, conversation. That's what, was, that's what I was about to tell you. It's weird because, you know, in a weird way, as a fan base, we can relate to one another because this is also true for Panther fans too. Like, at least you know you have Matt Ryan. Right. And Matt Ryan is someone that has won an MVP. He's a veteran. He is someone that has. And you know, he, he can ball. He can guy. ball. He can't move. He can't move around. At he all, but he been, can ball. He has been exactly what the Falcons have needed from an offensive perspective at the quarterback position. Whereas the Panthers, like, we're hoping, obviously, that we can rejuvenate Sam Donald's career and really make something of him. So I think it'll be even doubly so. Like let's say Justin Fields balls out for Chicago, really there's oh more there, You're there's, right. <laughs> there's more there's more egg on the face of the Panthers than there is the Falcons. Yeah, I think that's fair. And that's that's part of it where like even though I think my personal opinion is that Justin Fields would have been the better pick, but like I feel like getting Kyle Pitts and if if we're going to be, you know, all in on Matt Ryan for the next 3 or 4 years, you know, I, I can think of a lot worse places to be as an organization, as a franchise, than having, you know, a top 10 quarterback. I know maybe Panther fans might disagree with that assessment, but, uh, you know, a, a, a high level quarterback that's been good playing in an offense that has known to get more out of the quarterback position, certainly than what the Falcons have had recently uh, in terms of their play calling since Kyle Shanahan left. And, you know, I feel like the Falcons are in a good spot. I think they could have been in a better spot, but you know, that's just a matter of opinion, and time will tell if that winds up being true or not. This is the interesting point to me. We brought you on tonight to talk about the Falcons draft, and the first thing, you've you've selected the highest tight end in the history of football at number four, and all you're talking about is you want a quarterback. Tell us why why Kyle Pitts, is, where we should fear him, and a lot of people, like, we're looking at this, and, and, and why were you having the draft party? Everybody was looking at Fal- the Falcons and saying they want to trade out, but nobody, everybody knows they want to trade out, which kind of actually lessened their ability to trade out. It was this weird, this weird dynamic. Is uh, Cody explain it to him? Cody always said this. It was like, uh, tell us why we knew the Falcons. It was like too, too transparent. <laughs> Tell them, tell them that because it's a bizarre story to me. Wait, but what, what story specifically? I don't know. With the Falcons, talk. like, all right, so the Falcons, we know they wanted to trade out, but they couldn't trade out. And then as soon as, and it was like they showed their cards. Cody was up here going, oh man, like they could have had all of this two months earlier, but they can't now. And now they're stuck with the fourth, fourth pick. And then you pick Kyle Pitts. Tell us why, Aaron, why. Kyle Pitts should strike fear into all of us. Well, I mean, I feel like you just got to watch like five seconds of Kyle Pitts to know why he should. No, no, I'll explain. I'll explain why. But like, I feel like it's pretty self-apparent. You know, it's just like, it's pretty obvious. Like this is a very special tight end prospect. Now we've seen tight ends come in recent years, be first round picks, be top 15 picks. OJ Howard. Yeah. You know, and, and people, Marvel at the upside, by the way, and the potential and whatnot. But like OJ Howard, Noah Fant, 
you know, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, all these tight ends that were these athletic specimens were not as polished as Kyle Pitts was. Right. Not even close. Not even close. No. I mean, O.J. Howard, basically, he would just cook Clemson twice a year because on busted coverages (laughs) and like do nothing else for the rest of the season for Alabama. And everybody's like, oh, my God, O.J. Howard's amazing. But he was like he only showed up in the national title game. I was. So, like, you know, for me, it's like I think Kyle Pitts is is a really polished player. Obviously, you hear the. Is he a tight end? Yeah, he's a tight end. He's not a wide receiver. He's a tight end. I mean, he, he could be a wide receiver if he if he really wanted to be. Can he but block? Like, he's a better blocker than I think people give him credit for. Okay. Mm. See, like, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and say he's going to be Gronk or anything like that. I'm yeah. not going to say he's the greatest blocker of all time. But I think, you know, he could actually be a, a pretty darn good blocker if he really, really wanted to be. If the Falcons, if basically Arthur Smith came to Atlanta and was like, look, we're going to run the exact same thing that we ran in Tennessee, we're just going to run the ball, you know, 500 times a year or whatever the case may be. Obviously, we have Derrick Henry. But in a world where the Falcons get that type of running back, um, and, you know, you guys know Mike Davis is pretty good. I don't think he's that good. But, like, uh, you know, I it's mean, one- he's dead to us. We don't know. What's that? I don't even know that name. I ain't even heard it. <laughs> I tell you what, he sure wasn't dead to us. I did. McCaffrey was actually dead. <laughs> I, love, I, I love Mike Davis, by the way. He's like a ball. He, this dude is the best football player. He's like a great football player. So he is. You know what? You should be very excited about him. He's going to power. He's going to do all the things. I'm just throwing salt in the moon all, all night about everything. So I just want to say, like, what I was saying, though, is, like, if the Falcons wanted to be that dominant ground attack, I think Kyle Pitts could grow into being a good blocker in that type of offense. But obviously, I don't think that's what, what the Falcons are planning on doing. They have all these weapons in Julio and Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. They're going to throw the football, right? As they should. And I think Kyle Pitts is going to create problems for teams in in the division. Obviously, J.C. Horn, the guys that you guys got, probably played the best against him um, of anybody over the last two years. And he was he was cooking like first round, second round corners the past two years in the SEC. And J.C. Horn was the only one that did a decent job against him. And it wasn't as if like he dominated that matchup. It was just, oh, he was able to hold his own against him on a couple of reps. Um you know, I think it's going to be interesting to see whether in the future you imagine a scenario like, you know, in a post Julio Jones world with the Falcons offense, you got to look at how you're going to game plan against the Falcons. You got Cal Pitts lined up over the middle of the field. You got Calvin Ridley. You know, we know Calvin Ridley's given this Panther secondary a, a bunch of problems over the last couple of years. You know, do you put JC Horn on that guy and try to get physical mm-hmm. with Calvin Ridley at the line of scrimmage? Or do you put JC Horn on a tight end and then you put, I don't know, Dante Jackson or whoever you guys have mm. as your number two. All player. that sounds like bad news. And, and All see, those that, options that, sound terrible. For, for what you just said, that's why to me, even though Justin Fields is from Georgia, I, I, I get the, the appeal of it. Uh, the, you know, looking at the way the NFL is moving with offense everywhere. I mean, the, the Falcons had an opportunity, I feel, to have instantly one of the most lethal receiving cores in the NFL with Pitts and Julio and Ridley, like like you just alluded to, you can only guard so many people. Um, I wanted to ask you this. Are you a film-watching guy yourself? And yeah. if so, what did you make uh, of that J.C. Horn versus Kyle Pitts film? Because I do think you hit on it a little bit. It was a, it was a very interesting back and forth. Yeah, I think, you know, the thing – that about J.C. Horn, and I, I didn't study J.C. Horn's film too deeply. I did see that one particular game for obvious reasons. Um, 
but the thing that, that struck me with JC Horn from what little I saw of him was that he likes to get physical, right? And he he'll, you know, he'll push you around. And I wonder, and I think the big question about JC Horn is can he be as physical in the pros as he was in college? Because in college they don't call, you know, defensive holding, they don't call um illegal contact, those types of penalties in in college like they do in the NFL. And so I think JC Horn, not to sit here and say, you know, not the, to sit here and say that JC Horn's like a fraud or anything like that. But like, I do wonder if he can get away with playing that style of football in the pros. And even though he basically getting to the point of like, even though he did it in college and was able to keep Kyle Pitts relatively in check because of how physical he could get with him. I think if you think that's automatically going to happen in the NFL, given the way that the rules are, I don't know if that's going to be the case. So I, I like JC Horn a lot as a player and look, you know, Falcon fans will sit here and, and, and talk all day about how, how much holding Marshawn Lattimore does on, on a weekly basis uh, and uh, gets away with words. it. These are words. And so like, you know, it's not unprecedented that someone like JC Horn can succeed being extra physical uh, you know, in this game. So it's not to sit here and say it can't work, but I do <laughs> wonder if, you know, if it will work. I truly believe uh, Sherman, Richard Sherman, holds on every play in the history of the world. You know, like Some guys get away with it. Some guys don't. We'll see if it works in that. Can you tell us a little bit about the rest of the Falcons draft and the offseason in general? What uh, Richie Grant, right? Yeah. Richie Grant was a early. Was that a second round pick for you guys? That yeah. was a, a little bit. The question was, is that kind of rich? I'm, it's not it depends on who you talk to. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted them. We were sitting here. We were all salivating over Richie Grant here. Yeah. I mean, like, it depends on who you talk to. Because this safety class was weird in a, w- a lot of ways because it was kind of like pick your flavor. It wasn't just like a, a clear, this is the number one guy. I know Trevon Morig, the TCU kid, was the guy that a lot of people thought was the number one safety. I personally didn't see it with Trevon Morrier. I thought he was kind of a liability against the run. And I don't think you can be a liability against a run in the NFL and be a high-level safety. Um, so it felt like to me, like, for what the Falcons were looking for at that safety position and looking for a guy that can play deep, that can play in the box, that can blitz and do all the various things that uh, safeties have done, free safeties have done in the Dean P system, their new defensive coordinator, guys like Kevin Byard, Eric Weddle, Ed Reed, or whatever. And I'm not suggesting that, Richie Grant's going to be on that level, but you want to have some versatility of guys that can be somewhat interchangeable. And I think Richie Grant really fit with what the Falcons want in their safety. So I like that pick. I know it's a little rich for other people, but I think Richie Grant might wind up being a better pro than he was a college player. And this system can bring that out of him. Similar, not saying he's going to be an all pro, but similar to what Kevin Byard was like a third round pick that most people didn't really look at as like a superstar coming out uh, and then turned into one of the better safeties in the NFL. You know, the Falcons address their offensive line around three and four with Jalen Mayfield and, and Drew Dahlman getting a uh, Jalen Mayfield was a right tackle at Michigan. He's going to be played guard at in Atlanta. Drew Dahlman was a center at Stanford. I really like the Dahlman pick. He's a perfect fit in their outside zone scheme. Um, not necessarily in love with the Jalen Mayfield pick. He just seems like a project and the Falcons kind of needed immediate, immediate help at that left guard position. So for me, I feel like that was a little bit of a reach. I think there were better guards that could come in right away and, and help you out there. And so that's one of the questions when you talk about the offseason. But going into the free agency, I was like, okay, I hope the Falcons get at least a body at left guard. 
that can sort of be a plug and play starter for them. Similar to what you saw with the Carolina do going out and signing guys like Elfline and, and Cam Irvin. And even though I don't think you guys, uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I, I don't think you guys are looking at those guys as like superstars, but like you can get by with those guys or one or two of those guys starting for you. And the Falcons didn't do that. And then I was expecting them to get that in draft. And I think they might've gotten a starting center in Drew Dolman. Um, he'll compete with their third round pick last year in, in Matt Hennessy. Um, but I don't know if they got that at left guard. And then the rest of the draft was just kind of getting, you know, some depth on defense. They got some cornerback help in Darren Hall, the San Diego State corner in round four. I know a lot of people thought that was a reach, but I think when you project him as a nickel corner, I think he probably projects a little higher than an outside corner. So I don't feel like that was a massive reach. Maybe it was a little bit of a reach, whatever the case may be. But at that point in time, you needed depth. They got some help on the defensive line with Takon Graham from Texas and uh, Ade Ogadeji from Notre Dame. Um, both of those guys, I think, are more run defenders than necessarily high-end pass rushers, but they give them some needed depth up front. Um, they got a special teams guy in Avery Williams, cornerback out of uh, Boise State. And, you know, you look at his special teams resume, he had like nine uh, kick and punt return touchdowns, like three block punts, um, a whole bunch of stuff. So he'll be a special teams maven for them and helping the return game to go along with Cordero Patterson, who's arguably the greatest kick returner of all time that they signed in offseason. And he'll be the backup to Mike Davis at the running back position. They got a backup wide receiver in Frank Darby in round six. Uh, he'll add some depth there at the wide receiver position. So I feel like the Falcons did a decent job addressing most of their needs. Obviously, they didn't have a lot of money to spend, so it wasn't like they were going to be able to fill all their holes. But I, I think they did a, a decent job. I think they still have some concerns uh, primarily at that offensive line position. And certainly there's some positions that they could address uh, depth-wise later this summer once they free up some cap space and you know, the the big question right now hanging over their head is how do they free up cap space? Because they basically have like, I think like $600,000 under the cap yeah, right now. And yeah. they need about five or six. Paid the Julio, you paid Matt Ryan, you paid the Tevin Cole, not Tevin Cole, who was it, Freeman? Yeah. Paid a bunch of mugs. All right, here, look, glass half full, glass empty. There's two ways to look at everything, right? Tell us what you think. Uh, why you think the glass is half full for the Falcons, and then tell us what your glass half empty is. Give us a positive and that, like, because we watch Twitter, we watch everybody. It's like it's a dichotomy. It's like for us, it's like, oh, this is the worst draft. It's the best draft. We got the worst coach. We got the best coach. Tell us what the good is for the Atlanta Falcons going in this year, and then what the negative is uh for the people that are calling into your show every day and saying that's probably and don't and the negative people listen more than anybody don't they that's probably true that's probably true um <laughs> especially to me um just because i usually don't necessarily put the positive are you a glass empty are you an empty guy i'm a i'm a usually an empty guy but like i i do generally this offseason see more as glass half full and the, and the reason why is like, I look at the Falcon schedule, and you guys know we play a very similar schedule. Like, we're playing the AFC East, the NFC East, right? We got Detroit. We got San Francisco. We got Jacksonville. You know, we're not facing a who's who of, of elite quarterbacks like last year when we're facing the AFC West and Mahomes, and we got Aaron Rodgers. We got Russell Wilson. We got all these guys. Tom Brady. We we didn't get to face Drew Brees, but, uh, you know, he, he was on the list. And I feel like the Falcons have a chance where they're not going to necessarily need to have a great defense to slow down, you know, the Trevor Lawrence's, the Daniel Joneses of the world, et cetera. 
right? Um, and so I feel like if the Falcons can add firepower in their offense and with Arthur Smith's play calling, with the added presence of Kyle Pitts, with a healthy Julio Jones, Calvin really growing into his own, and hopefully a slightly better running game than what they had with Todd Gurley, which I, I think, you know, again, glass half full. Yeah, you can't talk shit about Todd Gurley on this show, bro. <laughs> but, like, I, I think, you know, glass half full, you'll probably get an upgrade there. Just a question of how much. I think if the Falcons can get into a situation where they're a high-powered offense and they get back to being a top five, top ten offense, which I think they have the capability of being if all these things come to fruition, um, you know, they should be able to 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 win a bunch of games this year with the schedule and, and compete for a, a wild card spot. You know, I don't think they're going to challenge the Bucs uh, for the division title, but I certainly think, you know, the six, seven seed, maybe even the five seed is, is certainly in play for them as a glass half full situation. I think the glass half empty scenario is basically all these things that I said hopefully will have come to fruition, don't come to fruition, whether it's injuries, whether it's, you know, Arthur Smith is not as good a play caller as we want to be. We've seen in past years where Matt Ryan has a little bit of issues with a coordinator change in the first year under the coordinator. And if we see those same issues spring up and this defense, despite having a couple of pieces on defense with guys like Grady Chair and Deion Jones and now adding Richie Grant and AJ Terrell, if this defense doesn't come together and we're watching them get carved up by Daniel Jones and Trevor Lawrence and Jerry Goff and whoever else, um, you know, Zach Wilson, then that's the glass half empty. And, and the Falcons are basically like marginally better than what they were last year. Um, but Where I think it's Todd Gurley right now. He's a free agent. I don't, I, really? I don't see him. Signing, got a team. I don't uh, see him signing with anybody. We, we talked about this at the end of the season. Cause like, Gurley paid play for one year, $5 million and didn't quite live up to that contract. And I don't see him taking a penny less. So I think he's going to be in a similar situation that Devontae Freeman was in last year where he was holding out for the right situation, the right contract and really didn't come across it until very late in training camp with the giants. And I feel like Todd Gurley is going to be that version of that running back this year where he's just waiting for the right opportunity. And, and maybe there's an injury in August that leads to an opportunity for him, like we mm. saw with the Giants, but with Devontae Freeman last year. But um, I, I don't see Ty, anybody banging down Todd Gurley's door to sign him anytime soon. Wow. All right, uh, Cody, what, what last questions for our guests? Uh, yeah, I mean, do you think uh, you have a chance to win the division? Ooh, Not really. Asshole. Yeah, been an asshole about it. I think it's more important that you think anybody question. else has a chance to win the division. Is it an asshole? Oh, I know. CK came in there. Does anybody have a chance to win a division? Other than Tampa Bay? Is, that, is, that, is it Bucks or nothing? I mean, look, we know every year that the NFL changes up. So if the Bucks take a step back, sure. But if the Bucks are like only like 10% work. Step up? How about that? Who's taking a step up? I mean, I, I think the Falcons. Well, I think Carolina will be better. I oh think. Oh my god, y'all ain't taking no step up. <laughs> what? Let me ask you this: If the Falcons do make the playoffs, what did they do to get there? Like, what did they do well specifically, and what did they capitalize? Their defense. On? All we've talked about tonight is offense. We've talked about Pitts. We've talked about Ridley. We're talking about. You know what? You've you've always had that. Always had that. <clears throat> What's going on with the defense? Your secondary was straight trash. You added Richie Grant. Is he really going to do enough? Is is your defense going to be... I feel like you've always just been like this, is that we just roll offensively. 
like this. Well, I mean, that, that's the, the, we, we, that's we, the problem. we roll offensively. That's the problem, though. Their offense has taken steps back the last couple of years. Their offense has always carried right? right? Yep. And so their and offense is not as good as it used to be. It's taken step backs the last couple of years. <laughs> and and look, I think the defense will make strides, but like this is never going to be a defense, or at least not anytime soon. They're not going to be a defensive-driven team. So if the Falcons are making the playoffs, it's going to be because their offense is a top five, top ten offense, and they're dropping 30 burgers every week. That's mm, that's that's the bottom line. I got you. Yeah. All right. All right. Any last questions? No, I think that covers it. Yeah. All right. Aaron, tell tell us where we can find your work. I listened to the Locked On Falcons podcast religiously. I do. And uh, I do li- listen to it at 1.5 speed because that's what I do with all podcasts. I listen 1.3. Yeah, I'm, I'm on 1.3 yeah. all the way. Yeah, I, I, you're always trying to see how the get, like the hosts work. And you were like, is it 1.3 or 1.5? Exactly. Like, what can we tolerate? But I can't listen to doing... anybody at 1.0 anymore. It's Oh, my gosh. It's uh, too slow. I know. And we're the, the slowest. <laughs> it sounds As we're like doing a show right now, begging talking. for people <laughs> to listen to us and subscribe. <laughs> anyway, you can find Aaron Freeman at Locked on and at Falk fans. There you go. You got it. All right, Aaron, man. We appreciate you. All right, man. uh, And fuck the the, fuck the Falcons. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) Boom, 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 boom. All right. Thank you, Aaron, man. All right, let's move on. Um, So what else is going on? Look, you're listening to C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, Code Dizzle, shame yeah. him up. Shame him. Shame him. All right, I got you. I got you. I got you. Sub, sub, subscriber shame. Like the show. Subscribe. Be a part of it. Call into the show at 252-228-5098. Come on, folks. It doesn't ask. I ain't asking for no damn money. Just share and subscribe. I got it. Retweet, share, like. Love all of those things, and don't forget that the show is powered by Avolta. My man, Kevin Brown, you got look, look. If you don't, you got to mention us. That's the other thing. I for I have not done a good job when it comes to this advertisement right here. But you gotta, if you want to be energy independent, and you don't want to, you want to cut the cord with your electrical company. You want a fixed rate, add, um, what is it, value? value? What's that? Equity. What's that, CK? Equity, thank you. Equity to your home, CK, is, is informed me on that. You can do that by going to Avolta and contacting Kevin Brown, solar consultant, the number is 704-215-3373, energy independence. But you got to remember this. And I haven't remembered it. You got to just say you heard about it on the podcast. That's it. Just say, hey, Kevin, calling you up. I live in North and South Carolina. I want energy independence. I want a fixed rate. I want to add mortgage or ec- say it again. Equity. Equity to my home. I want to uh, take advantage of all of these awesome tax credits. You're going to do that through a Volta 
you're going to call Kevin Brown and you're going to say, hey, I heard it on the C3 Panthers <laughs> podcast. He's going to say, thank you. That's what he's going to say back to me. He's going to say, thank you. Um, news this week, fellas. <sighs> yeah, well, so one, Dan Morgan has now been hired on uh, to the Carolina Panthers. He is now our assistant general manager. And you know I love this. When uh, in the offseason uh, a while back before we hired Federer, he was on my list of guys that I would hire to potentially be our general manager. I was uh, surprised that he was not more in that talk already. Yeah, and I mean, I, I do like this, though. It feels like the right kind of homecoming. Yeah, I mean, we, we have been talking about this for a long time. I remember Dan Morgan's name even came up after Gettleman got fired. Like yeah, we've been, yeah, that's because we love him. But he's been in this circle for a long time. And then if you listen to interviews that he's done since he's actually become um, a scout and a guy who's in the front office, he's really good at what he does. And he knew Scott Federer well. He had been with uh, Seattle for a long time, and they had worked with each other on a lot of different players. Um, and then, of course, he had been bouncing around. He had been spending time with the Panthers North up there in Buffalo, them keep rumbling bills. And, uh, you know, it was just a natural thing for him to kind of um, come back to Charlotte and reunite with Scott Federer. My only thing is, is that, you know, uh, if he continues to climb the ranks, obviously we hope that Scott Federer right. works out very well. So then that would mean, you know, maybe a few years down the road, we're probably going to see Dan depart from us again. But right He's now, our next Brandon Bean. Sure. He's and right now, yeah. right now, I do think uh, he's just what the doctor ordered. I like that we're bringing in like-minded people who have strong opinions that, that know what they're looking for when it comes to building a sufficient roster. So I like the move, man. And those pictures make him look jacked as hell still, so that's always interesting. He's, he's a monster. <laughs> Bro, he, does yeah. not, he has not done what, mo what most NFL people do when they leave uh, the NFL, which is just just explode in weight and size or get and skinny yeah. like you have two options you either get fat or you get skinny if you're an There's offensive no lineman you get jacked. skinny if you're an offensive yeah. lineman you get skinny if you're uh yeah. if you're anything else that is like a running back fast, water, yeah, you like, you join saw, us join us in the real world bitches if you saw jordan gross right now and you didn't know that you played tackle you might think he played receiver or something like yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's lost. Um, yeah, like, lost yeah you wouldn't even him. let him do that. You wouldn't even yeah, let him. Sure. Like, no, you would never yeah. say that that guy played offensive tackle. But or um, in the NFL period. Yeah, I mean, he lost. The you would be like, nope, sorry, bro. You look like one, one of, of those. One of the things that I do find interesting, and we didn't get a chance to talk about this last Tuesday because we were doing our draft roundtable with some of the other Panthers YouTubers, so we kind of missed a few things. But it's weird that we're gaining another former player, uh, a former linebacker for the Panthers to our scouting team in our front office while we lose another great uh, Panther <clears throat> linebacker. Um, and I, I have to admit, I don't know all the details about this. I don't think anyone No does. one does. Don't worry. Yeah, no because Luke, yeah, Lucas is, you know, he's not a, an out and about brash kind of guy anyway, but – yeah, Luke Kickley left the Panthers. Um, he is no longer um, a part of our front office. And it had me he wondering. He was formerly Luke Kickley joined the scouting department, folks. Yep. 
We right. do not know about this. Is that so? Luke Keekley retired what two years ago now? It's been two, it's like one close year. to two one years. Year, yeah. So he retired almost abruptly, unexpectedly, in one hand. And on the other hand, a lot of people would say you could see it coming. Yeah. So then he joins a, so at the same time that's happening, we're installing a new coaching staff, right? Where the writing is on the wall that Marty Harney's probably going to be out. It took a little bit longer than many expected, but Luke Keekley joins the scouting staff. And a lot of people are sitting there going, man, like put him in the linebacker coach's room, linebacker coach's room. So then recently in the past week, news has come maybe 10 days from, from like Cody was saying, Luke Keekley has decided to resign from his position as a scout, which is funny because I wrote a story a long time ago And it was just like one of my first blogs I ever wrote. And I miss, I did the resign rather than the resign. And I learned that lesson very quickly. The dash means resign. The (laughs) non-dash means resign. (laughs) And uh, so I messed it up. This was a long time ago. And it was emba- I was embarrassed. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you don't like one dash being the defining part of something. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, it, but it should have been. And I learned my lesson. Um, but a lot of fans, they go up there and then the tweet goes out and he's resigning. He's resigning. He's resigning. And uh, everybody's like, oh, I can't wait. He's resigning. <laughs> and then you saw a hundred people going, we don't know anything about the dash. We don't know anything about resigning versus resigning. But the quite the weird part about the story, guys. Do you think there's anything to him just not being happy about what happens in the draft? <laughs> Is he no that's what, I, what some I, people are alluding to? They're alluding to, and one other point before you get in there, Cody, is that the four man rush and then these guys they always they've been talking about how the draft room was split on what Carolina should have done when it comes to how much they have invest in the offensive line. They truly believe that the there's a group of people. A core, I want to say a quorum. What do we like? A little group of people in the war room who were saying we should be drafting offensive line, and we didn't do it. But, so, what do you think that he resigned or resigned? Well, no. One, here's the deal. <laughs> that, that that story to me was so overblown. To to me, like, listen, you have a scouting department. Part of how you make your draft is you pound the table for your player. I mean, you know, every single year in every single NFL team, there are um, coaches and scouts that fall in love with a certain player or they pound the table and they say this, and it just doesn't happen. Like, not everyone's going to agree. And at the end of the day, the general manager has a plan, and he is going to enact that plan. Um, When it comes to Luke and his reasons for leaving – I mean, it, there's so much speculation that I can see a number of those things being true. Yeah. Um, I, I can see Luke thinking, 
um, basically that he was going to go into the scouting department and it wouldn't be playing football, but it would still be a part of the NFL, a part of football. And this is something that he would be able to enjoy doing and kind of transition into that second phase of his football career. Maybe he just thought that that's what was going to happen, but he just had to find out the hard way that he just doesn't have the love and the passion for the front office stuff that he did when he was playing football. And maybe, well, maybe, maybe he a, does. And he realized, wait a second, I have a hundred million dollars in my bank account right now. The stock market, like I love watching tape, but Jesus Christ, I also love well, it's going not out just, on the boat. No, I don't think it's just that either. I think it's, you got to think you have to do a bunch of traveling. Like being a scout is a demanding freaking job. Like it is a demand. Cause you have to travel all over the country for all these different games, um, you're co- like for the entire college football season, then leading up to it, and then during. I mean, like, there's really not an off season for a scout, you know. Even with the 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 fact that you know may, maybe this time that we're in right this moment is the off season, but maybe it was just like I said, maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe he just realized that you know he wanted to be able to be around the football, but maybe that was just too boring. I mean, let's be honest, it is. Uh, if you got to think about it, I mean, you're just watching film a lot. I, I personally could see that being something that would be hard to just constantly do day in and day out. Mm. Yeah. All right. Um, and then some some people even are saying uh, he's planning a comeback. You know, he wants to come back. Oh, he's he's to come back. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like it. I mean, I, I do, but I don't. You know, if he if he felt like he had lost a step. Enough that he had to step he away. Did. From we watched it. Time. We watched it. We yeah, saw and him people were saying it. Yeah, and uh, and that's why it's like he's not coming back. He shouldn't come back. I just hope that he finds happiness, man. Um, whatever it is, yeah. You know, you can have all the money in the world, but at the end of the day, you have to wake up satisfied with what you do. And yeah. bro, and, and, if you ain't got no money, guess what? You can't be satisfied. Uh, you gotta be hungry. You gotta be trying to figure out how to pay your rent. That's the thing. I ain't trying to feel sorry for these motherfuckers that got $100 million trying to find their way in the world. Like, he's going to be just fine. But also, you don't have $100 million. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Is this? Is that like, oh, you'd be like, oh, I'm so sad. I got $100 million. I don't know what to do myself. Well, but it's like this. Like, okay, if if anyone knows me personally, I'm a huge diehard MMA fan. Love the UFC. I've been following it for over 15 years. And like, there's this conversation that happens inevitably when like a fighter has outlasted their shelf life. Like, all they have known is fighting and competing, and they just start compiling together losses. And that warrior mentality inside them is like. Nah, I'll bounce back. I-, I can do it. I'm a fighter. I love to fight. I know how to fight. This is what I do. And I feel like maybe that's it's possible that could have happened to Luke Kingsley in a different manner, that he just thought that he was going to be able to put football away, and then it just wasn't that simple because you want, you know, you want to continue to play and continue to compete in the sport that you love but your body just won't let you do that anymore. And anything other than playing on Sundays, it might just pale in comparison um, to, you know, the actual feel of playing football. All right. Any other news for the Carolina Panthers? Yeah. And I did want to get both of your opinions on this. We didn't get a chance uh, to speak on. So apparently uh, it was uh, widely known by, 
the Panthers front office that the New Orleans Saints loved them some Terrace Marshall. And and, uh, in order to make sure that the Saints didn't draft said receiver, us Panthers went and traded literally right ahead of them to draft Terrace Marshall. And, hey, man, it's just, you know, not only did we get a really good player that has familiarity with, uh, with, um, you know, Joe Brady and our offense, but anytime that we're fucking over a division rival, dude, you have to love it. And I'm down for that kind of petty, bro. Let's go. Keep pounding. Uh, That's what I'm yeah. saying. I love that shit. I, I love it too. All right. Then number's 252-228-5098. It's the C3 Panthers podcast, the longest running Panthers podcast. You can find us every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. live here on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope. Smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. All of that, go follow these cats. And uh, basically, all I keep saying is this, is we're trying to be, we're just fans here getting together on Tuesday night talking about the latest Panthers news and opinion. I'm not trying to tell you what to think, just trying to be a part of what you're thinking. And now we're going to go into the calls. The number is 252-228-5098. Go ahead and jump in the show, jump in the conversation. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... What's going on, fellas? It's Corey again. Uh, calling in, get my little... Uh, take on the draft. Well, not really the draft in the whole. I just wanted to focus on just the first round aspect because, um, you know, a lot of Panthers fans, uh, you know, a little butthurt that we didn't take Justin Fields um, at eight, which, you know, don't get me wrong, the entire offseason, guys, like, basically, pretty much the entire season, once I started, we didn't take Bridgewater as a quarterback, I was caping for Justin Fields like the entire time. But, you know, the more that you think about it, the more it just didn't make sense for us to draft a quarterback. If you think about it like that, like, as soon as we traded for Sam Darnold, we were not drafting a quarterback in the first round. I know what, you know, the front office said, you know, nothing's out of the nothing's out of the picture, looking at all the options. But that was just smokescreen, guys. They were just making sure that they weren't, um, you know, taking themselves at any potential trade opportunities for somebody that wanted to trade it for a quarterback. They were never going to take a, take a quarterback in the first round. You don't trade draft picks for a 23-year-old quarterback less than, you know, less than a month after, before the draft and take a quarterback in the first round. It just, it's just not going to happen. Um, now, if, if fans were upset that we didn't get Rashawn Slater, I can I can see, uh, I think there's a little bit more value to that. I was really expecting us to go Slater there. J.C. Horn was a surprise to me at eight. Um, but the more I just look at the pick, um, the more I'm really starting to fall in love with it, the more I'm really starting to see that. You know, uh, a lot of people are saying that Jason Horn is a day one starter. People are saying that we could have traded back and gotten the same pick. No, we couldn't. Dallas was not letting that guy pass up. That's the whole reason Dallas traded back to get Michael Parsons because because Horn and um, Sertain were both off the board. But Dallas needed somebody on defense. If J.C. Horn was there at Dallas's original pick, they were taking him no matter the fuck what. So, you know, we got a um, what's looking like a day one starter at corner. We haven't had a real superstar cornerback. Since Josh Norman and he was a flashing pan like one or two great years. Um, you know, Chris Gamble was good back in the day, but 
you know, so, so we got we got Dante, we got JC. Dante's already shown that he's not a number one. But he's a really talented guy who just can't stay on the field long enough. So, you know, we have that stop gap at the corner. We have a young defensive core. We're really building an identity. So I'm really I, – I really fuck with the pick. You know, but let me think – feel what y'all think. Um, are you guys still salty or does anybody feel like we, like, had to have gotten Justin Fields? I feel like as soon as we got Sam Donald, that was out of the picture. It was not going to happen. But let me know what y'all think. Keep on, guys. Appreciate it. Keep pounding. Um, I mean, look, uh, we know that everything that happens for the Panthers going forward depends on Sam Donald. Sam Donald turning it around and being a good player that we hope that he can beat. Um, I love J.C. Horn, man. It's one of those things where, you know, early on in the process, I was looking at all these different quarterbacks because, of course, we thought we were going to draft one. Yeah. But then you watch all these other players and you're like, well, damn, man, I would love to have a J.C. Horn on our team. Or, man, I would love to have a, a, a Penny Sewell or a Kyle Pitts. And then now, you know, we're really running by that mantra of you have to build the whole team and not just focus on the quarterback. Um, and uh, another thing that I continue and to hear, are we are we really not them? Just because we didn't want it to be uh, like we kind of think that Justin Fields is focusing on the we kind of did focus on the cornerback. We just picked a bum. A guy, you know what I'm saying? Like is like we're not even not like if we were not thinking about that mantra, right, of not focusing on the cornerback. And that's all I'm trying to say is we would just run it back with Teddy. Well, uh, again, the, the, there's a we are kind of focusing on it. It's just not in a way that is proven or all that, I guess, heartening. Yeah, we're banking on the turnaround for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, you know, I'm also looking at it from the perspective of this is a young football team. Um, and I'm just I'm all for the infusion of, of young talent on our football team, no matter what the position um, and if, you know, in terms of quarterback, listen, I'm going to say something. I know it's not going to be popular, but listen, if Sam Darnold doesn't start to produce quick, um, I'm hearing a lot of rumors. It's got one year, man. That's it. And, and listen, I, I'm, I'm Deshaun Watson is not out of the question. I'm oh telling my gosh. Take you, don't, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it, but I, all of the the rumor is that I'm never going to be a Deshaun Watson fan now. To settle, and if he does, and and this all goes away, he's going to play for someone. And listen, I, I'm I'm telling you what the truth is. If Sam Darnold, if it's obvious that we have a good talent on our football team, and, and our, our quarterback just isn't making the plays like it was last year, and Deshaun Watson becomes available. And, and all that stuff is settled. And, you'll and, let him put your, his dick on your face? Is that what you'll do? I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's, It doesn't matter what I want. It matters what David Tepper wants. Maybe David Tepper wants that. And, and you know what? If he's a billionaire and that's what he wants, that's what he'll fucking have, bro. I'm telling you, Deshaun Watson's going to play for someone. And I'm not saying that it needs to be us. Nah, I'm just it's saying done, it's, it's gone. I'll bet you anything he's playing uh, at, when, some point, when, at some point this year, not yeah. this year, not this year. It wouldn't be playing football this year. It you think he's playing for the Texans this year? 
Uh, he'll play for someone. They drafted a quarterback with their third round pick, and they have all these other holes. That, Don't worry, that, they're that dumb. They they're dumb. They're dumb. I'm not trying to talk about them. Uh, so you're watching J.C. Horn on uh, the feed right now, just being a beast, bro. This ladder, this ladder joint he's doing backwards is insanity. He might be the greatest athlete in the history of the world. He's ugly as fuck, just like his dad. No offense. Actually, yes, because <laughs> no I hate this. Um, but no, this look, I'm telling you this is that the caller brings a fantastic question is that like, or what, what it's like fields or horn, you know, it's kind of, any other year we would have been so dopely excited about this fucking pick, right? Imagine if they would have made this pick in 2016. We've been going nuts. Nuts. You know what I'm saying? The only reason that we're not... And and look, I'm very happy with J.C. Horn. I actually think he... The more I look at the way he plays, his dad's pedigree, the dad's out there running routes on this this and that. I think he, in three years, we might come back to this and say he's the best player in this entire draft. I can firmly believe that. But... Cody has said it, and I feel like I said it even before you, is that it's like it's it's about Justin Fields or not. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not the Trubisky pick for the Chicago Bears was bad on its own, right? But you know what made it worse? Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes balling out. Or Deshaun, whatever the people were. So I think we'll be watching, um, like you've said, Cody, we'll be watching Justin Fields' career in Chicago very closely. And that will actually determine this pick more than whether or not J.C. Horn's the greatest player ever. Right? He could be the greatest player ever. And if Justin Fields goes out and becomes an MVP, then we're sitting there going, move. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but that's why I say all of this, like none of it is really dependent on um on Justin Fields. Like it's it's really all on Sam Donald proving yeah. that he's worth it. And yeah. and, and if he and doesn't the, and the staff spoke a lot to that in a way. You know, yeah. I mean I, and, and I'll give them credit for that. Is that they put their money where their mouth was when it comes to Sam Darnold. Yeah. Yeah, they mean we may not even know the answer on Justin Fields for a while anyway. Right. You know, if You're you guys right. think about it, we, we may not know the answer because the reality is there's a chance that they do sit him, you know, over in, 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 uh, in Chicago. I mean, they've got Andy Dalton. Um, they may not see that he's ready. And, you know, Andy Dalton obviously is a, is a quarterback that is known to be able to handle, you know, certain pressures in game. He's never been, you know, a, you know, an incredible quarterback that you would put in there in the top 10, but, you know, it's definitely something that could very well happen. So we might be waiting to find out whether this was a good move or not for a long time. All right. Um, don't forget the cat calls are powered by Avolta. Kevin Brown. Hold on. Like we could, uh, why don't you pull up? Actually, I don't have the video. Kevin Brown, quit renting your energy and dealing with increasing rates. No money down. Own your own energy. Contact Kevin Brown at... K Brown at Avolta dot you and uh, pull the can you pull the phone number up real quick? 
Cody as we go into the cat calls real quick. Next call. Look, the number is 704-215-3373. Don't forget to mention the C3 Panthers podcast if you are a homeowner in North or South Carolina who wants a fixed rate ad. Uh, you want to achieve energy independence. On top of that, uh, you can look the the lines. If if there was ever a time to try to achieve energy dependent independence, it's right now as all of my neighbors line up to get gas they don't need. You can put a solar panel on your house. You can be self sufficient, man. That's what they told us. We need to be that. Contact Kevin Brown, solar consultant for Avolta. And uh, let's go to the next call. Maybe or maybe <laughs> not. What's good, fellas? It's Corey calling in. Uh, second part of my call. I wanted to really touch more on my point because I feel like my last call sounded like I was, you know, uh, all in on Sam Darnold, or I'm just like 100%, you know, trusted in every decision the Kansas making. That's, you know, I don't want it to seem like that because I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I'm not. I'm not all in on Sam Darnold. Uh, I don't think he's like absolute garbage. Like I believe anybody who belongs to be in the NFL, like who, who even has a chance to make it in the NFL with the roster they put together, this offense they put together, um, he, he can he easily got a shot, right? But my main point with the call was uh, just to say that the Panthers have obviously like every single decision they made has shown you that that they're all in on Sam Darnold, right? Um, you don't really know why anybody is upset. You can be upset that they didn't take a quarterback, but I was not expecting to take a quarterback at all. Like that's at least the mindset I was in. Like I wasn't shocked it was Justin Fields. I was really shocked it was wasn't Rashawn Slater. Um, but like, no, nah, I never expected us to to come in and draft a quarterback, even if Justin Fields was there. Yeah. Um, or Mac Jones or whatever, especially not Mac Jones, but. But yeah, like like I was just saying, um, that's really just the point I was making is that uh, I was never really expecting to draft a quarterback, but I'm I'm honestly a little bit surprised they didn't draft a whole lot of tackle. Um, but I do like Terrence Marshall drafting the second round. Uh, I think that he's just another uh, addition to like you're saying, uh, showing that they're really all in on Sam Brown, getting him all the weapons possible. If he's worth a damn, um, he can be okay. But I don't expect I'm not I'm really not expecting franchise quarterback shit out of Sam Brown, To be honest with you, I think he has a uh, a mid-level like Kirk Cousins type ceiling, um, but the Panthers obviously feel different. They feel like he can be the franchise quarterback. So, I mean, it displays all the decisions that they made. But keep on, y'all. It turns out that the Sam Darnold discussion is going to be the discussion forever until it's not. Until it's not, right? Is that either Sam yeah. Darnold's going to be fantastic or he's going to be terrible? And Maybe we can find some middle ground in there on this show as we go forward, right? Maybe when we get to week six and he had, say, two touchdowns and a pick, you know, or something like that for 274 yards, and we're trying to figure out if it's terrible or great, we maybe find the truth is in the middle. But I doubt that will be the case. When it comes down to that is that if the Panthers lose this game, Look, is that Darnold is, could be the greatest resurre- resurrection story since Jesus. <laughs> and that's a little bit. I know, that's a little much. It's a little much. 
But you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a resurrection story, right? Yeah. It's either a failure, either he is the risen one in yeah. Carolina or he's not. And the people believing that he's not will be poo-pooing on him the whole way. You know, I mean, I don't even know what the right... I think that this is going to be difficult. Let me ask you this. Actually, maybe instead of me telling you what I think, why don't you guys tell me what you think? What is it going to take for Sam Darnold to be uh, to be viewed as successful? Like, I mean, what is it going to take at the end of next year? Like, what is going to have to happen for us to say this was the right move? In your mind, like there I mean, has to be a criteria, a winning season. Mind. All right, so nine games. So if we're nine and what the 17, right? Nine and eight. Yeah, I want to see us. I want to see so us. If we're nine and eight, do you say Sam Donald's good? I'm not gonna say he's like, good, not I'm, like, I'm prepared not, to but say like you're like progress. not ready to shit on him, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm not ready to you know cast him out. I, I think it's mainly going to be. Um, obviously how well we do in the season, but I think it's also going to be important uh, to see him actually make plays, right? I mean, that's the main thing is seeing, like, Teddy Bridgewater's stats passed that test to some degree, right? His stats looked good, but on paper was misleading on what we saw with our eyes in in the games. So what I want to see is not have that misleading stat line saying, oh my gosh, he had three 1,000 wide, you know, yard receivers, uh, you know, wide receivers uh, in, in the, for the season. Like, oh my, he must be really good because of that. But when we watch the game, we're like, he's not really doing anything that's getting us a win. Like, he's not doing anything. I mean, in a couple times, you could say he he lost us the game. He's not winning the game. He's not losing the game. He was just, he just was a participant in the game. And that's what I don't want to see happen to Sam Darnold. I don't want to see him lose his games, but I want to see him win us game. And that that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I want to see Sam win us a game. And I want to see the Panthers score a touchdown from the 50 yard line or further back. Like I want us to, to score. I want us to stretch the field. Like I'm so done. Like guys, we have been living through this dink and dunk non vertical offense for three years now, man, like since two thousand what since two thousand eighteen, when Cam was hurt and then fell off a cliff, and then Kyle Allen and Heineke and Teddy Bridgewater and all this other bullshit, man, is just tiresome. Like I'm ready for a Panthers offense to be exciting again, and I think that's what the hope is, man. With that, with Joe Brady and the offensive guys that we have now, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, McCaffrey. Like now we have the players to be able to put around Sam and even more so. And I'll say this even more so than Taylor Bridgewater last year, Sam has no excuses, man. Like we're, we are going to have probably a better offensive line than we did last year. We have better playmakers. We have coaches that are in their second year that have been around the block. We've upgraded on defense with a lot of really young, talented players. Like, there's no reason why Sam shouldn't be able to make this team into a team that looks like we could make a playoff push. Like, there is literally no reason for that not to happen with us. But Sam has to be the kind of guy that we hope he is. And I hope that they have a game plan to ease him into that. So 
We, we need to be able to run the ball. I want. We don't even like, need to ease them into that. We need it just to work, right? Like well, we just need it. It's either it works or it doesn't. But yeah, but to work. But I also think that it was such a good idea that we drafted Chuba Hubbard, knowing that you know now we have a one-two. Yeah, we're gonna use that motherfucker. Yes, the fan. We, we better fucking use them. What are you no, talking about? No, we bought. We drafted Jordan Scarlett. We just no. We've always. It don't matter. They're, look, they're, I'm telling you matter. this. If you're an offensive coordinator, man. if you're an offensive coordinator, and you got Christian McCaffrey, they they like there is just a it's like a predisposition to not take him off the field. Like it's like the you know like why would you? Take him off the field. That's well, been we the, didn't really see that too much with last year because he was hurt so much. Like right, but really let's go back to the year before. You know what I'm saying? Like we did. It's always no. It's not just Ron Rivera. It's been that in the first games that Christian McCaffrey played under the new system, he played still the whole time. They didn't give nobody any other. That's the whole thing. Is that it's like a. It's, a, it's like a siren call. Christian McCaffrey is a siren call. Like, it's like you just can't take him off. And and that's what I want to say is that if you – we drafted Jordan Scarlett in the fourth or the fifth last – you know, the year before. Like, if you do that, if we don't use Chuba Hubbard, like, like I want to see it. Like, ultimately, Wait, I really think you're right. I agree with you and your point and your, like, logic. But I'm not going to believe until I see it. Well, listen, if they don't do it, then then shame on them. I, I mean, literally, you have can't, man. They can't. Yes, it's like it's being on the side and you're no, like, no, no, no. Put yeah, the listen, 99 in. Put no. the 99 in. What kind of a moron do, do you have to be as a head coach to not know that running back, they're literally running full speed into 300-pound defensive linemen at every other play? Like, if you continue to run your quarterback into the ground, it's obvious that they're going to get hurt. I also think Matt Rule is smart enough to look at how Ron Rivera and the previous coaching staff ran McCaffrey into the ground, and then the very next season after they do that, now he's injured and he's hurt all the time and he can't maintain. I'm telling you that Chuba Hubbard is not just some guy that they drafted for that depth. is corollary. That's that's Chuba a corollary Hubbard. discussion, not a causal one. Chuba, Chuba, bro, Hubbard, bro. Chuba Hubbard was drafted as an exact answer for what the Panthers are going to do at running the football. They intend to have Christian McCaffrey be their number one, but they intend to have a more than viable number two in Chuba Hubbard, and, and that needs to be what we do. All right. All right, next call, 252-228-5098. My boys, what well, this is This is Supreme Leader, it's baby. boy, Mike, a.k.a. <laughs> yes, sir. Best hair in the game. Best hair in the game. Hope you guys are enjoying the week. Appreciate um, you, bro. Hopefully I don't run out of diesel out here on the road. Oh, true that. Because, uh, <laughs> Shortage. Motherfuckers is hoarding gas and motherfuckers want to yep. cyber attack, you know, these corporations and shit. Got me fucked up. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, for, first of all, very excited for this brand new season. I don't think I've been excited 
excited since uh, Cam Newton was taken uh, with the number one pick overall by the Carolina Panthers. Um, so looking forward to everything. Um, glad to see Dan Morgan back. That's that's a uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Hell yeah! It's a shame Luke had to step away, but you know, family first. It's all good. Um, the uh. I saw it going around on Twitter and Facebook. I saw you shared it, uh, Cody. Um, that top ten Panthers uh, list. I'm at the um, I think oh, you can look, switch number timing. one and number two. In my own personal opinion, I don't know if that's wide receiver bias because I used to play wide receiver in high school. But to me, Steve Smith is the uh, is the epitome of a true Panther. To me, love Cam, but Steve will always be my favorite. Um, here, I'll throw another uh, throw a question out for you boys, because um, you know Sam Darnold has a lot of pressure on him this season. How about this? Over under thirty two hundred yards this year over. passing. Over oh, under oh, thirty two hundred yeah. yards. What do you boys think? Holla at your Tim boy. Can't surprise till I die. Peace. Tim's crazy, yeah. No, Tim Tim's crazy. Tim, Tim, that guy. Oh. He knows the head of head when he sees it, bro. No, I gotta I gotta tell you this, dude. I, I hope you laugh at this. Dude, there's this show on I think it's uh, Discovery Plus that my mom was watching. And it's this little gay old man who does a show about doing laundry. And like getting old stains out of people's clothes. And Tony, uh, he looks like a little fat gay version of you, bro. Oh, and it shut looks, up. You, shut you, up. you have to look him up. He looks just <laughs> like you. And my mom said it too. And I'm like, I'm totally going to tell him. It, What's you this guy's name? It Put it up. You got to share it on the show. Uh, you got to share me, it on the show. Let me, let me, yeah, let you me find, find it. We're gonna, while you find out, we'll talk about the call. So, uh, and to ref- first, my supreme leader got the best hair in the game. He mm-hmm. does. He got the best hair in the game. Uh, and I hope that you're going to find that diesel fuel and hopefully this panic. Oh, my God. My hometown panic. Maybe that should be mine. So, pig is the hometown panic. It's like a toilet paper panic for gasoline in our town. Maybe you need to go to those many places. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Um, so Mike was talking about somebody refresh my memory on remember my memory, my memory on what Mike was discussing overall. Because I don't even remember now. I was just thinking about his hair. I was thinking about Cody's hair. Look, he's looking. Look at Cody. You giggling. know, I found it. You know, I found it. And you're all uh-huh. about to be like, oh, yeah, this no, no, exactly. no, I'm play All right. All right. Show it up. Show it up. Show me. Show me fat gay thing. Your eyes. God, that's fucked up, bro. That's so fucked up. I will never forgive you ever again. 
dude. You can't <laughs> tell me I'm wrong, dude. You're not my friend. You're not my friend, bro. This is exactly what Tony will look like in 15 years if he no, decides bro. to just gain a bunch of weight. Oh, oh God, I'm down 12 pounds. <laughs> no, no, and no. <laughs> That's exactly what Tony would look like if he just gained like 30 pounds right now. Bro, you have to admit, you were not ready for him to look that much like you, bro. Come on, dude. That, that, dude, that. I'm never talking to you again, bro. Bro, whenever you took it I put put my mic on mute. Tim said y'all twins. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, man. That's uh, mad fucked up, man. <laughs> the professor's second career. Oh, <laughs> my God. If I, if I get some stains on my shirts, I'm going to call you off. I'm not talking to you no more. All right, next one. <laughs> You're not my friend anymore. What's going on? It's your boy, Jay Anderson. What's going on, C3 Nation? I'm just calling in to wish Cameron Jarrell Newton. Happy birthday forever, Court QB, QB1. Shout out to Cam Newton and shout out to his baby mother. Oh, my God. <laughs> I like your boy. All right. Hey, so, yeah, today was uh, today's Cam Newton's uh, 32nd birthday. Yeah, man. And Cam I saw Newton. somebody, other people, is, uh, something I saw on Twitter recently was, like people like, how the fuck do you type in that font? And then there is an army of people that go, he's got his own app. So basically, I didn't know this. I didn't realize it. I always wondered how did he type like that. I didn't realize he had an app built for him that like his own G board. But it turns out it was the way. By the way, the chat room is unanimous. Ross says you can't unsee it. Man, fuck that. Fuck y'all bitches, man. I ain't ever talking to none of y'all. I'm not talking to none of y'all. I ain't talking to none of y'all ever. But I did pick up a couple tidbits in the news where I just forgot one over on the Saints and uh, Sean Payton. Um, They went to J.C. Horn and uh, we got wind of it, I think, when Sewell went off the board. That's who we were going for. Uh, They didn't have enough capital to trade up. Uh, So we got them there. Of course, his dad being a big Saints receiver back in the day, Joe Horn. And then uh, I heard in the second round, even they won in Terrace Marshall Jr. And uh, we kind of took a gamble because we're going to take Christensen in the second and got him in the third. So knowing that, uh, we really won on that gamble as well. So uh, anytime we can get over the Saints guys, it's a good day. Love it. Anytime we can get over on the Saints. I ain't even uh, talking about your comment right here, busy ass. <laughs> the home fester. Uh, no, it was homo fester. Oh, I was going to the draft and for what we got on the roster. I still think the two biggest glaring holes that we had, number one. That's good. Uh, it's funny. Unless a team funny, cuts a tackle, whether it be early in training camp with signing or free agency that continues, is going to definitely be a, a tackle, particularly a left tackle or, or just getting depth on the line, the, the offensive line. And the second thing is I've, I've never seen us really address the free safety role. I know Burris is out there. We've got confidence in him, but I still think we need a young uh, guy. Uh, a lot of people look at the league hooker from the Colts, but he's got injuries. Um, but maybe Cody, what's your take? Or, or 
you know, anybody else tell you what you think that you know, what going that route? Can we get a line? You think maybe you see us picking up somebody when they cut someone, or, or maybe somebody will find it we don't know about. Anyway, guys, thanks for the call. Dicks. Oh yeah, thanks, But I'm sorry. I gotta hang out with these dickhead mugs in the chat room. This and that. I'm at like one of the skinny. I've lost a bunch of well, not a bunch of weight, but I'm down 12 pounds and this and that. And this is what you guys are comparing me to. The face. You I'm at like I get it. Bro, you got the same face. I hate you. I hate you. Nah. That smile. I'm not talking to you forever. Hey, 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 Tony, will you do me a favor? Will no, you just, I will you sit back like this and just smile? Yeah, cross your arms. Now, watch this. Y'all are dick fuckers, man. Okay, you dicks. All right, I'll take You're it off. assholes, man. I'll take it off. I'll take it off. I'll take it off. Nah, it actually, it's funny. <laughs> nah, because it does. <laughs> Uh, that, made me, that made my night. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. But I hey, so, uh, all right. So, tonight brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where the former host is Cody Lashnett. Now, <laughs> nah, that was funny yeah, as fuck, you asshole. <laughs> I don't even know. Nah, it was funny. And it actually put it back up. It looks ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Someone this said ridiculous. this guy goes like this. Uh, uh, it's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, he could be my brother. He yeah, could be my brother. Yeah, he could. He could be my brother. And the fact that y'all have the same hair, like y'all have identical hair. <laughs> yeah, like you aren't that guy, man. Dude, I'm out of you. I might have found your family. Really, you know what? I got a TV. You know what? Who watches more? This laundry show or the C3 Panthers podcast? If you assholes want to watch my gay ass brother on the laundry <laughs> show, then do it. Or you can, uh, and if you're gay, I don't give a fuck. But I don't just smash the thumbs up button and watch our show. And you can listen to these two assholes make fun of me the whole time. Doppel Look at this gang. doppelganger discover. I mean, it's just it's just done. Look, I'm crying. Good gosh. Hey, Tony, he's a handsome <laughs> man, dude. Come on. Oh my dude, god, yo, stupid. <laughs> Look, come on. This dude's do not put that one up. That's messed up. No, look at this. I got a skinny nose. He got fat nose. <laughs> yeah, the nose is a little different. Nose is a little a different. A little different. Oh, that's your favorite <laughs> bro. Y'all are stupid as fuck. I hate you. I hate you. Oh, dude. That's good <laughs> jokes, bro. I don't even remember what Chuck from Elizabeth City said. I don't either. It's all right. It's all right. We're closing the show out right now. Uh, yeah. So this is the show. This is the show. So we're gonna do some ice up picks, and we're gonna get the hell out of here. All right. Uh, because you got. Yeah, I'm quitting, man. It's, uh, it was the longest running Panther podcast <laughs> until I quit because of you assholes. Uh, that maybe was so we'll funny. be back Tuesday night, or maybe we'll be washing laundry. 
<laughs> Who knows? Might be uh, Daniel Castro said we need to get him on the podcast. <laughs> actually, that would be fun. Yes, that would that's be awesome. actually dope as fuck. That's a good. That, that is. I mean, he Daniel, has a, make that happen. He has a legitimate TV show, and yeah. maybe we can. Maybe so we. Can, we? Maybe, maybe we can ask him like, uh, "How do you get uh, stains out of your favorite jersey?" Yeah, your favorite football jersey. Yeah, like a chili yeah. cheese fries thing. Yeah, a chili yeah. cheese fries thing. One hundred percent. We have to make it happen. I think. Dude, <laughs> Daniel is right, and let's not let this idea die. Even even though you guys are just big <laughs> dickheads. Uh, and I like your mom, but she's not nice either. <laughs> nah, nah. It was fun. That's good. All right, so. Um, the number is 252-228-5098 each and every week. Uh, we're here on Tuesday nights live, 9 p.m. Longest running Panthers podcast where I talk shit about people usually, but tonight people just shit on me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you can be a part of the show. Smash the thumbs up button. Do all the things. Uh, and, and look, is that I know people that were put their cash out and this and that. The biggest thing you can do for us is to simply tell somebody else about the podcast, write a review and say, look, these cats, like we got this community over here. You can join the discord. It's in the show notes on YouTube and just be a part of the show. That's all I want. Likes. It's not even about promoting us. It's just about being a part of our conversation because we want to know, what you guys want to talk about, right? What you guys are thinking about. And uh, we want more assholes like uh, Cody up in there. <laughs> we need more assholes. Uh, all right. All right. So uh, last <laughs> segment of the show is the ice up segment where we talk about some, where we tell somebody ice up, toughen up, get together. And, you know, when you sent me your ice up pick today, you said I, you called it. He said, this is mine. This is mine. <laughs> I had this. I had this set away for like my metaphor on life for so much. But anyway, the ice up segment. If you want to use it, it might, but you wanted to use that one. If you want, either way, we're going to play it no matter what. No, we're have... playing it, but I almost, I'm going to play it like um, once a day for the rest of my life. <laughs> So anyway, um, the the last segment of the show is to ice up, toughen up, to get it together. It's an homage on the Steve Smith uh, moment with uh, Akeem Talib. Talib. Yeah. And uh, anybody is fair game where we tell you to get it together. Cody Lash, why don't you get us started? Because you got the heavy hitter. Yeah. I've watched this 100 times a day, by the way. Well, and this is... Making the rounds on you Twitter. better show it. Yeah, yeah. I hope you're thinking when I'm. Yeah, this this right here. All right, here it comes. <laughs> yeah. So this is some some youth football stuff going it on. It looks like they're at the Tennessee Titans facility. That but <laughs> like that that logo right there makes me think. Tennessee yeah. So Titans. they're running this drill. <laughs> That's not a drill. It and, is a drill. This gets oh. annihilated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, I got, I, I gotta share it. 
Uh, let's see if the sound because the sound is great. Yeah. Can y'all hear it? Yep. Yeah, homeboy got you good. You good? You good? All right. So I want to bring two things to credit here. Is that number one? Because I have three kids, so I know what it's like to have kids. The first thing is, is this dude's like, oh, fuck, this kid got lit up. And then he's like, you got up. You're all right. You're right. You're like speaking in existence. He's like, oh, shit, I'm a camp counselor. And this kid just got a concussion. Like, he was like, oh, and then he was like, get up, get up. You're all right. And then look, press play. And then the guy, look at this guy, turns his back to it afterwards. This is my favorite part. Look. All right, yeah. Just, look at this guy right here. He said, "I can't laugh." He said, I'm laugh. I can't laugh at you in the face. I can't. No, no. He said, "You know what he did? You know what he did? He turned his back. He said, listen, I don't want to be, I don't want to be subpoenaed.' Dude, this kid got fucked up, man. man and look, he tried to get up. And this is where the head injuries start, man. It's not. It's not just That's one hit. It's not just one hit, but it's like, especially at that age, your body and your brain aren't even fully developed. That's what like, they oh, say. It's fine the, at that the, point. At that point, you're good. No, no. Dude, that here's, is so terrible. For here's you. the thing: is there have a correlation between the CTE and like like having like that type of damage to your brain? And how, it's not how hard you're getting hit; it's how long you've been having those impacts so it has little to do with how hard i mean obviously yeah you don't want to get knocked in the head but um what you would do is you would actually uh you would take into account how long they've been playing football and that has a much bigger indicative you know indicator as far as uh as, as cte and that stuff is concerned so like yeah, this is pretty impactful. Like especially if that kid ends up going on to, and not even that kid, the four year old. I mean, the number four. Like he's he's taking yeah. a full on hit to his head too, right yeah. here. I mean, yeah, it looks You're like right. He, and and he looks like he's like two years old. And I want to give credit to this number one kid for getting his ass up and giving his ass. Like he got it. Look, and he's trying. Yeah, look, he's yeah, getting up. Yeah, he's getting yeah, up. Yeah. This, this number four kid's like a. What we're gonna find out is that number four was like that kid, and you're you guys are way too young to remember this, but like in oh one, like it was around the time of nine eleven, there was a New York uh little league team that won the little league world series, and they found out like they took it back because this kid was like 17 years old on the team because he was from like uh Puerto Rico and nobody had a birth certificate so they were like trotting out this 17 year old what even is a 13 year old look at number 4 is about to look at this it's like Derrick Henry coming at him that's what yeah, I was that's, saying, like, that's what Tim Esther said in the chat he said this is the early Derrick Henry footage <laughs> Uh, Tim Estes also said uh, that kid sprouted three chest hairs. <laughs> <laughs> like I kind of feel bad for that kid too. Like, like he he has not got proper proper technique right there. <laughs> like he, he is just asking Dude, to be this leveled. Little up. number, I think this little one kid is tough, man. He went up there and tried to get some and got laid out, but he was doing he's, his best. He's tough, man. I think the reason why but he was doing people... his drill. I like this kid. Is that Mike Rimmer's kid? 
Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's Von Miller's kid and Mike Vermeer's kid. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just, I mean, listen, I'm not, I won't spend too much time on it. I'm just, you know, uh, I would not be putting I'm, little kids through that kind of a drill like that, dude. Like, I don't know. I, I just think it's too young. Is it the drill or is it the content? Like, good God, that well, kid's a beast, bro. He, he's a beast. Little Sean Marina. Like, I think his name is Marina. I'm trying to read his name on the tag on the back. Look. Oh, no. But, like, God, I, I, I just think that right, that kid up. right there, neither of them are getting better <laughs> at playing football. Well, one of them is. One no. of them's getting worse. Well, both of them are getting worse because that other kid didn't t- do a proper tackle. I mean, like he lowered his head to initiate contact. He couldn't so. help it. He couldn't help it, man. His his helmet was bigger than his shoulders pad. How is he going to reach out there and grab his arms and trying to tackle him? That it poor little the, kid. He wasn't tackling. He was the one with the ball. No, but the other kid. You know what I'm saying? Like when your shoulder pads and your head is bigger than your arms, he looked like he looked like a little Tyrannosaurus Rex out there. Yeah. Yeah, that is that. That's a very big helmet. To be fair, like so, <laughs> to, right. to, the, to to the coaches of uh, this clip, eyes up, son. Okay, uh, who's got next? I mean, I have one. It might be a bit of a lengthy story to it. Not anything like forty-five right. minutes Let's or anything like that. All right. So, I think at one point I've iced up somebody on here. That's a, a streamer on Facebook. He goes by the name of Nitro Luke DX. And um, he is one of the most toxic streamers on the face of the planet. Um, and uh, he had him and my buddy, who, if you guys don't know, I have a friend uh, named Jeff Leach. He is the voice actor for Ghost and Call of Duty. And, uh, and they were playing together for a while. And then all of a sudden something changed. And, you know, Luke was sending his entire community over to troll Jeff's chat while he's streaming, all that stuff. And um, and so Jeff, met, you know, obviously me- messaged Nitro said, "I need you to stop your community from doing doing that." And he said, "They're going to do what they want to do, man." And like not saying you, you, you know, it is what it is. That's what he said. Instead of saying, you know, "Hey, I want to," I'll talk to it on stream saying, "Listen, we don't want you to go over and troll other people's chats, all that stuff." Well, after that, Jeff said started to look into because Nitro Luke would have this um. He had the 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 he would tell his community that any of the stars that he was receiving was going towards charity. He told everybody, so he people were literally donating stars with the expectation they were going to charity. Um, and well, Jeff went and did a bunch of research from public documentation that's re- you know legally available to every person on the world in the world, and found that there's a lot of evidence showing that that's not the case. The dude has just been defrauding his entire viewership. So he made a video about it because, the, you know, obviously he's toxic. He tried to get him to stop his community from coming over and he wouldn't. So he said, I'm going to I'm going to put an end to this guy's, you know, reign of terror on this. And so he made the video. Long story short on that, that video came up. It went viral. A lot of people like were criticizing Nitro Luke, all that stuff. Nitro Luke's still a very big streamer on, on Facebook, by the way. So it's like he he probably felt very little impact from it. But. They sent Jeff a cease and desist on the on the video, and his attorneys were like, "You can't do it. You have no legal end like to stand on." And and so they didn't remove it. Well, lo and behold, now we're that happened back in around Christmas, and this past week, 
um, his he has orchestrated a smear campaign against Jeff Leach that has caused Activision to remove him as ghost, that has caused two of his sponsorships to drop him, um, and basically taking clips and taking them out of context and calling him a sexist, basically doing a lot to ruin his livelihood. They weren't just doing that. They were also sending emails to his sponsorships and to Facebook trying to get him unpartnered um, for these out-of-context clips. And, uh, and so it's, it's been very impactful to him. Um, but obviously, we, there's little information that he's able to provide because a lot of it's still going to be legal. Um, but the thing that was so stupid about it is prior to all of this, Nitro Luke wasn't actionable. Like you, he couldn't go after Nitro Luke for anything, right? Because it is what it is. Um, now he has literally caused Jeff money on a like a large sum of money over uh, a heavily edited clip that was taken out of context entirely, and uh, and so now I think that that's something that's going to come back and bite him in the butt. And so uh, all the people, the cancel culture that exists in this world over the stupidest stuff. By the way, it was over comments. There was a troll in Jeff's chat, and Jeff went off on them. And it was a troll from Nitro Luke. And uh, as we know here, sometimes trolls come in, and their only goal is to get, an, get a reaction. And they'll be as vulgar, they'll be as insightful as they possibly are, you know, uh, trying to incite violence, you know, not violence, but, you know, rage, all that stuff. Um, but it, it, they, there was this entire cancer, cancel culture that is just taken over. And like it's just this uphill battle, and so I'm just saying, ice up to cancel culture and and any snowflakes that want to go along with that. Um, if you're gonna be somebody who gets offended easily, do your fucking research before you go out and try to get somebody's life ruined like they've tried to do with Jeff Leach. So ice up. My ice up pick goes to Panther Twitter tonight. I know that's kind of a strange thing to ice up on a Panther show, but there has been a strong sentiment of. I won't say bloggers or podcasters, kind of similar. I won't say us because look, I've tried to tell you guys, I'm not a journalist. I'm a fan and we're going to get up here and we're just going to talk about the things that are going on in Panther nation. But there's kind of this weird thing going on, on Panthers Twitter right now from creators, from heavy hitters, where every post they put out, I feel like they're like, remember I told you this and you're going to be right. Remember I told you that it's like, it's like I get it. Every time I'm looking at these mugs, I'm getting a talking down to about how I should think or how about like how we got it wrong or this mm-hmm. and that. And it's, it's exhaust. Like to me, I think that's kind of, it's just kind of whack. Is that like if you need to? I'm trying to think of the way to phrase this. Is that if if it's important to if it makes you feel better, like your self verification is based on I kind of trashing other people all the time, yeah. and it's weird shit. It's like it's like and, and it's not even trashing other people. It's like it's like vague shit. It's like. Oh, well, if you think this is going to be great in two years, couch, catch me back. You know, and it's it's just so talk downy. Yeah. Everywhere I go. And I'm like, bitches, y'all are kind of even new to the game. 
And I mean, like, I mean, oh man, like we, and I'm not saying like, I know what the fuck is up. I ain't, I ain't trying to tell anyone to, how to think. That's the thing is that, but I feel like a lot of Panthers Twitter that I've been seeing has been real talk downish to me. And it's like, I told you, I told you and, 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 and mark my words and mark my words and this and that. And it's just exhausting to me that like bitches like nobody knows what the fuck is going on and then the other thing this and then here and there's one other pivot is like how the fuck are y'all this mad about tim tebow team tim tebow mugs are pissed that tim tebow got so, job. Yeah, so and, it, and it has nothing to do with tim tebow really no it i has- don't give a fuck about tim tebow or any of this but it's like this it's like it's like it's like captured so much of their attention and yeah, like, these, these cats them? put up a poll and it's like, should he have a job? Is this white privilege? How about this? How about I don't give a fuck about Tim Tebow? Not a fuck. Through that. So um the, look, how is, is the- that all of this is all speculation? That's what yeah. it is. It's all talk and this and that. But when you try to be too, I'm kind of icing up the two authoritative authoritative people. It's like if you don't think this, then you're a fucking idiot. And so I don't know how to phrase it other than that, but I am I keep like there's a toxic culture right now on Panthers Twitter where it's like I told I'm telling you how you should have thought. And it's kind of irritating to me. So that's my eyes up there. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. All right. So it's the C3 Panthers podcast. It's Tuesday night. We're live 9 p.m. every Tuesday night. Next week, uh, we're going to try to, we'll track down either a Bucks or a Saints guest, whoever I can land. It'll be Gene or Bombros, likely. Uh, we'll go through all the opponents in the next week, weeks. Because look, we know a lot about this team, but it's time to a little bit get an understanding for the, the people that we're going to be dealing with throughout the semester, the, the semester, the semester. You just, you uh, can a, tell you a, just you introduced know. the semester. <laughs> I did. Today was the last day. Oh my gosh. Like I'm about to hit vacation, bro. I got to get out of here, bitches. I got to <laughs> get out of here. But, uh, so we're going to be, we're going to be trying to up the content and this and that we'll have Cody like Cody. We, well, you know what we need to do is film reviews on the people we actually got. Yeah, we can do that. And you already got them, half of them. But like, we need to do some collab vids. Let's do that, or you do that while I watch. I'll be like this, <laughs> sipping my beer, watching you and your beautiful hair that they say is better than mine, which is not true. But okay, okay. All right, it's a C three Panthers podcast. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore. Chronicles, you can find Cody Lashney doing his thing where? Uh, at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C on Twitter. Uh, I'm also the Panthers analyst at drafttech.com. Check me out. All right. And Codizzle Allen, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me in your mom's room. I'm sorry if she's oh, here. I'm, oh, gosh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if she's here. If she's that's, here, I'm so, so sorry. out of. You know what? And that's so out of. Uh, character for you. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, anyway, oh, you can Jared. find me on Facebook gaming, uh, Codizzle underscore Allen. I stream most nights. Tomorrow night's probably going to be pretty funny if you guys want to tune in. I'll be going live around 9, 9 30. 
uh, Eastern, and uh, we're going to be playing a horror game, and so it should be uh, fun to watch me scream and, and cry and, and talk about how I'm about to die. And uh, so that'll be fun. So you guys, and then uh, your mom can hold him like a little bitch. All right. <laughs> you, I mean, she's gonna hold you if you're that scared of this. Game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She well, your mother's gonna the, con- your, your whoever's mom that is. Maybe it's have, Tim's. Maybe it's Phillips to coddle let, you. Let me ask you: What do you do if, like, you're watching a scary movie and there's a jump scare that happens to pop up or something? I punch my wife in the face. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Know. Know. What do I do? I don't know. What do I do? Be careful. They're about to clip that shit. Do you shit jump? Out of do you context, scream? Bro. Do you scream? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a screamer? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. In multi positions in life. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, I, you know, it's just, it's fun because basically you see. You have like it's basically the build up. You have the music a lot of times, and then you'll see like this shit pop out of nowhere and it scare the fuck out of you, and you're just like, "Oh my god!" I have a, I have a, um, I have a TikTok up uh, that would explain to you my reaction that has happened in the past, so might be worth going to check out. All right, well, check it out. Uh, we will be back uh, next Tuesday and likely earlier now that I'm on vacation. So maybe we can do some uh, breakout videos and some this and that. Yeah. And uh, uh, Cody, start thinking about the people we drafted and why we should tremble on tremble. That should be our video. Why we should tremble on tremble. What's the first one going to be? Who you want to look at? J.C. Horn. And all that uh, ladder drill that we watched all day long. I already got yeah, a guess for that do, one, though. No, I'll probably do Terrace Marshall. It'd be fun to go and look back at his film. I can't uh, wait. This I want to tell. I want you to tell me this. Am I wrong? Is every time I watch this, like, and look, I'm not trying to diss on him, right? But like all the great plays, he just runs straight. No, 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 that free me. release. Every great, every look, go look at his highlight video. Go look at the highlight, vi- just look at the highlight video, which is what every jackass does. I don't watch film, bro. No, but you that's part of the film. I watch and film, bro. He had 13 touchdowns, and every one of those bitches, nobody even touched him in the first seven yards. He just ran. Is there not anything to that? He just ran straight. Listen, man, we're gonna do we'll do a film breakdown at some right. point. I want to hear it. I want you to tell me it. how these mugs and I look. I hope it works. I hope it works. I'm not trying to diss on him, but how you can run around seven yards? Nobody even look at you. That's what they were doing. All right, I want you to prove me wrong. Prove me that he went against the best competition and he just fucking. It's almost a referendum on the people he's playing, I guess, is more than anything. Prove to me that this isn't your brother. Shut the fuck up. Shut the It's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. Hey, I need you guys to do your DNA. Get your ancestry kit. And then we need to, uh, to cross-reference. you, man. I fucking hate you. I will never <laughs> forgive you for this. Never. <laughs> I love you guys. You uh, love me. I know you do. I know. All right, guys. You should be uh, thanking me, dude. I'm out here fighting. I'm not your thanking family. you for. <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
Fuck. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, a genealogist, bro. Yeah, I'm finding your long lost <laughs> family members, dude. Come on. It's ridiculous, folks. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you're not watching it, don't ever go and look at whatever <laughs> don't look this at the VOD. time. Don't look at the VOD. <laughs> God, and my body's looking good, baby. Look. Look. There you go. All right. Fuck y'all. Fuck you, Cody. I love you. My brother. Love you too, baby. My brother. And uh, my gay brother over here loves you as well. Hey, ah. hey, guess what happens tomorrow? What? The we gotta go get released. stain treatments. No, no, the schedule's released, bro. Tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, we get to find out if when we're going to the New England game. Uh-huh. Right. And uh, I think All that right. means the the games actually go on. I mean, the tickets go on sale then, right? Oh, dude, we should do a uh pop-up show on the schedule. Huh? If you guys got time tomorrow when the schedule comes out, let's do a oh, pop-up see, show where we jump up and we talk about what what it looks like. Well, we already know who we're facing. We already know that right, the, the order yeah. is important. Yeah. This and that, and we get to figure out what that new all right. Anyway, let's get the hell out of here. It's 1056. <laughs> we're almost look, you guys are like, holy shit, this podcast might be over in less than two hours, and Tony's over here talking and talking and talking. Anyway, Cody Lashney, I love you and hate you. Love you, brother. All right. Codizzle Allen, my boy CK. Uh, I hope Doge to the moon so we get some damn tickets. Yeah, dude. Let's uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> All right. And tomorrow, we'll, uh, maybe we'll do something because I'm on a break. If not, we'll just like go do laundry with my brother. All right. <laughs> Peace out. Shut us down, Cody. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.